0: So Mark chapter 7, that's where we are. One day, Pharisees and teachers of the religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. That sentence right there, the verse, what are they coming to see Jesus for? Anytime they ever want to talk to him, they always stir up trouble. So, why in the world are they so here they come? Listen, you have a you have a you have a wake up one morning or you go to work or you go around family, and it's like trouble just tries to find you, and it's like you you ain't looking for it, you 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 minding your own business. All you're trying to do is live your life and do what you and do what you think pleases the Lord, and then all of a sudden. Here comes Pharisees and teachers of the religious law. It's like I'm not even looking for trouble. I'm just I just woke up on, on on Wednesday. I see you, ma, and all I'm trying to do is go to work. And I'm all I'm trying to do is 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 do this for my family. All I'm trying to do is kick my feet up and watch a little bit of TV. And then the phone rings, and you look at the name, and you see here here it is. Here they come. Here or you get a text. Here they come. Uh, Okay. All right. That's the day we have. So anyway, verse one says, one day, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law arrived in Jerusalem. What? To see Jesus. Start in trouble. Verse two, they noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of washing, of hand washing before uh, eating. Now, remember, they always were picking about something. Are you, can you heal on the Sabbath? How come you guys were picking grain in this, on the Sabbath? They're always picking about something. And so it doesn't uh, surprise me that 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 when they say, okay, they, they came uh, to see Jesus. And the first thing they do is, huh, we noticed that his disciples weren't following the Jewish ritual of, of washing their hands before they eat. That's right, Brian. Busy bodies. Watch this. Verse 3. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, it says they, what, uh, did not eat until they have poured water over, over their cupped hands as required by what? By ancient traditions. Then verse four, similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. But this is one of many traditions that they have clung to, such as ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. And so here's Mark setting the stage. Now, verse five says, so the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law asked him, because they they want to trap Jesus. They always try to do it. Why don't your disciples follow our age old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony. Now, here's Jesus coming right back at him. You hypocrites. He says, he says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, when he wrote, these people honor me with their lips. Oh, they say the right thing. Oh, they know what to say. They honor me with their lips. But what? What? But their hearts, the inner thing, the thing inside of them are far from me. He says what? They honor me with their lips. They say the right thing. They know what to say. They sit in, but what? But inside of them, in their hearts, says what? their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach what? Man-made ideas as commands from God. My goodness, my goodness. For they do what? They teach man-made ideas as if they are commands from God. Do you know how many... Um, church meetings and fights and arguments and stuff that I've done, uh, I had to partake in and been a part of in these meetings. And the stuff that they're talking about has nothing to do with the word of God. It has nothing to do with teaching people anything. It has nothing to do with serving people. It has everything to do with traditions and everything to do with culture. And we, we have found a way to make culture our gospel. And we have found a way to make traditions our doctrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I recorded this week because that's good. That's that one's good right there. We've made culture, we've made culture our gospel, and we've made traditions our doctrine, where it doesn't matter if it's in the word or not, we're gonna do it. It doesn't matter if we, you know, we're gonna make sure we we we're gonna celebrate this and it's gotta be done this way. And you can go we can, if you're going to start a church, your worship service has to follow this flow and you have to do why? Well, because culturally, this is what we do. It's not in the Bible, it's not in the Bible. Watch this. Y'all gonna be mad. And I'm not saying anyone not to do it, but churches will spend thousands of dollars on their Christmas plays, and Jesus wasn't even born on december twenty fifth Christmas is not in the Bible like it's 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 not I'm not saying don't celebrate it, yeah, I know how we talk about this all the time. It's an easy way to evangelize the people. it's an easy you can sing the christmas songs and you can and 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 people will hear about Jesus and the gospel message that's perfect, but if you want to spend ten thousand dollars on a Christmas play, you can give people in your own church. Who lights are going to get cut off, or who kids aren't eating, or who kids are walking around in shoes that are uh, that are torn down? You can give them that money instead of having a Christmas play. And our Christmas play, we got to make sure we have real animals so we can reenact the stable. It wasn't December 25th when it happened, so it's, it's so. Yeah, but y'all know me; I love Christmas. I do the Jesus Christmas. I do the Santa Claus Christmas. I do I do the Grinchus Christmas. I do it all. Why? Because I, I, could, I can have fun with the holiday. I can give gifts, and I can teach people about Jesus and use the holiday to my advantage. But it's, but we, but we cling to these traditions. And so we do all this stuff. Oh, well, churches put on a show for mother's day. Why? Cause they know everybody's gonna come to church, you know, for mother's day, but mother's day isn't, isn't biblical. I mean, it's a cultural thing and it's fine. Celebrate mom. That's cool. But then we, get, but then we get in the church and we do these whole doctrine stuff based on mother's day. It's like, that doesn't, that's not Bible. And and here Jesus is telling them you you ignore God's law and you substitute it for your own tradition. Oh, during worship, we not worship you, you are not worshiping right unless you singing Dr. Timothy Wright stuff, or you ain't worshiping right, you know. Well, we go why are we singing these white songs? this has literally been said to me, why are we singing so many white songs and we're a black church? What are you talking about? Like what what do you what do you mean? Like because our culture, we need to our culture needs to be represented. I'm sorry, I thought we were Christians first. People may not like that. But again, but what are we doing? We are elevating ethnicity. And you see it more and more now. We're elevating ethnicity. We're elevating race. We're elevating culture over Christ. Over Christ. I'm not going to argue with anybody about whether or not the picture of Jesus on, or, you know, whether it's the, 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 the you know, a Roman Catholic picture of Jesus or this white man with blue eyes or whether it's the black Jesus with the dreadlocks. It doesn't matter. Like, none of y'all know what he looks like. We know where he came from. He looks like, you know, someone from the Middle East. Like, that's what he, look, what he looked like, but we don't know. And so stop with all the, because the, the black, God in the black, Jesus in the black. Like, you just as off, you are just, you are just as off as slave masters in early America using the gospel to keep people in, in slavery and bondage. You're just as off. You're all off. And Jesus, and this is going on back then. You are ignoring God's law. And substituting it with your own tradition, I refuse to do it. They may not like it. They may hate me, you know. You know but it, it is what it is. And so many people try to use Jesus to preach ethnicity when Jesus never preached it at all. We're all what the Paul say all of us, not as well that any should perish, but that all should come to. Okay, all right. Then he goes on, verse nine. Let's keep going. He says, "I'm glad I'm recording too, Brian. Watch this, because last week." Eh, OK, verse nine. Uh, then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. Now, watch this. Not even just a blatant uh, disregard, not just a blatant, but says, he says you skillfully sidestep, sidestep God's uh, law in order for you to hold on to your own traditions. watch this. for instance, Moses gave you this law from God. He says, honor your father and mother and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. So here it is. He says, Moses said, honor your father and mother. Right, don't disrespect them. But then you say that if someone's parents are in need, you tell them, uh, I you tell them to tell their parents, I can't help you, for I vowed to give God what I would have given you. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We don't want to hear that. People tell myself, Pastor, I want to give to impact so bad, but I think my light's gonna get cut off. I'm like, pay your light bill. Hey, take that, take that money and give it to Pepco. And if you need more, come back to the church and we'll help you. And watch this, because we're in a position to give. And then when God has blessed you, go ahead and give to the church. Or if God is calling you to say, you know what, I know this is due, but I want you to give it. And if God told you to do it, go ahead and do it. But don't come to me asking that because you're not going to say my house has got no lights and no heat because Pastor Rick told me to give to the church. No, no, no. You talk to God about that. And if God tells you to do it, I trust God that that he's going to work it out for you. But but impact, we, we help people. He says, how, how can you say, okay, we're going to listen to the law, the whole law. But then when, when someone's parents are in need, you tell them, well, disregard your parents. This, and this is what Jesus says. He said in verse 12, in this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. So how can, how can you be a law person and you're supposed to honor your parents, but then you tell people, don't honor your parents when they're in need. Give it to us. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't let me in churches anymore. That's why I have to preach at impact because I can't preach anywhere else. They won't let me. Here we go. verse. (laughs) I'm just joking. I get asked to preach all the time, but I'll be like, nah, I'm good. Uh, Verse 13, here we go. (laughs) Watch this, watch what Jesus says. Watch what Jesus says, verse 13. And so you you cancel the word, you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own traditions. And this is only one example among many others. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> listen, when people come at y'all with stuff, ask yourself, is this gospel or is this culture? Or is it tradition? It's like, ah, this don't really sound like it's gospel. I'm good. Ah, this seems like it's more of a tradition. And by the way, if you want to do your traditions, then fine, do them. But it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's a fruitless thing to do. It's, it's, it's not worth spending money on honoring these traditions. It's not worth spending your time doing it when you can spend those resources and your time helping people. You know what I mean? So anyway, let's keep moving um verse 14 then jesus called to the crowd to come to hear all of you listen he said and try to understand here's jesus trying to teach him about the inner man it's not what goes into your body that defiles you because remember all those laws and which can't eat, can't you know it's not what goes into your body that defiles you he says you are defiled by what comes from your heart that you can look you can say all the right things and you can try to eat all the right foods and observe all the right th- all the right you know sabbaths and all the right ceremonies because these are the people that he was talking to. This, but that's not what actually sanctifies you. So it's not that kind of stuff. It's not what you eat or whatever that defiles you. It's what it's what comes from your heart. It's what comes from inside. Then Jesus went to a house to get away from the crowd and it, and his uh, disciples says and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just said. So here he tells these people this, and then the disciples like, "So what are you talking about? Like what the stuff?" <laughs> he says, "So what you had just told them, can you explain it to us?" Right? That's right, Crystal. Jesus was Jesus was always trying to get away. He was trying to, but they they wouldn't let him. So he so he gets away from the crowd, and the disciples are like, "Okay, so what did you mean by this?" So verse eighteen, Jesus says, uh, uh, "Don't you understand either?" He asks, "Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you?" Okay. So here's Jesus trying to teach them. And this is anti-law. This is anti-what their, their traditions and what has been passed down, even from Moses. This is anti-this. He says, don't you understand either? Can't you see that the food you put in your body cannot defile you? He said, food doesn't go into your heart, but it only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Much more detailed than we needed, Jesus, but that's fine. And then the NLT even does a little more um, uh, 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 explaining what it says. By this, he's declaring that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Verse 20. And then he added, it it is what comes from the inside that defiles you. For from within, uh, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness all these vow things come from within they are what defiles you so here's jesus saying you can live by the you know, eat all the customary right stuff or whatever but that's not what defiles you what defiles you is inside and and only he can do what changes from that inside out right all right verse 24 then jesus left galilee and went to the north region of tyre it says he didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in but he couldn't keep it a secret Everybody wanted to get to him. Verse twenty-five. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demons from her daughter. Again, more action. Mark is a book of action. Since he was, uh, since she was a gent- uh, a gentile born in, Sa- so here we go. Jesus breaking down those 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 uh, those uh, uh, barriers. Since she was a gentile born in Syrian uh, Phoenicia, says Jesus told her. First, should I feed the children, my, uh, my own family, the Jews? Isn't it right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs? And so here's Jesus saying, where's her faith? Where's her faith? And then what did she say? She replied, that's true. Like We've got these ethnic barriers. You're right. You're a Jew. They're your people. You should give it first, right? She says, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plate. That's a, that in a different way. Doesn't this sound like the woman who said, if I could just touch, we just did that last week, even though I didn't record it, I'll redo it, but sounds it, just like, it's just like her, right? If I could just like, I don't need him to touch me. I don't need him to speak to me. I don't need everything he's doing for Jairus. I don't need all that. If I could just touch his cloak, just a, a piece of it. I know that's if I, and she's saying, I don't need the stuff from the table. If I can just get a crumb, then I know I'm good. Come on, but and then what did Jesus say? I think we talked about this earlier in Mark when he talked about the kingdom of God and said maybe it was in a different teaching about mustard seed. He says the smallest of all seeds. I'm telling y'all, we're going to do a teaching, Crystal. Right to say we're going to do a teaching on small things. How, well, come on, how? And this is why you can't, you can't, you can't um, overlook small beginnings or overlook the small things. How God will do big work using small things. Don't let anybody try to downgrade you because they look at you and look like what you're doing or what you've got or what it's small. God, look, she didn't have, she didn't, she didn't have him touch him. She didn't have her, Jesus pray over her. She said, "If I could just touch a small part of His garment," this woman says, "I don't need, I don't need to say, save the food for 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 your Jews, save them for them, save them for the children, for you know the 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 the, 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 the chosen people. I just need a crumb that falls off the table, something small. The kingdom of God is like what?" A mustard seed, smallest of all seeds. All right. Then Jesus says what to her? Good answer. (laughs) It's like family feud. Good answer. Good answer. And so good answer. And he says, now go home. Watch this. Didn't even touch the daughter. Says good answer. Now go home for the demon has left your daughter. I just want to see where your faith is. Now watch this. And so so now write this down in your little impact um, uh, notes and your post-it notes. How am I going to respond to to, to questions similar like this? How is my faith going to respond to similar questions like this? Will my response be, just give me a crumb? All I need is the crumb, crumbs. Give me the scraps off the plates. I I don't need to sit at the table. I don't even need to be considered worthy to sit at the table. Just give me the scraps. And what God can do with the scraps that's why I never listen. You don't have to beg anybody for anything. You never have to, you don't go to your work begging people for nothing. No, the favor of God is on your life. You don't have to beg anybody for anything. And what God can do with my life with scraps is better than what man can do seating me at a table. Well, we got to believe that. We got to believe that. We got to believe that. I'm not worried ever about getting passed up, overlooked. Don't matter to me. Why? Because I'm a scraps person. <laughs> that's what i mean it is what it is overlook overlook me don't worry about all don't eat no don't worry about that i'm good scraps give me scraps i'm good with that jesus said jesus jesus didn't go to her house and touch the daughter didn't even speak to the daughter said go ahead and go home the demon i see your faith go ahead she's good your daughter's good and when she arrived home this is verse 30 she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone (laughs) I'm with you, Montana. I'm good with scraps. I'm good with scraps. And then when she went home, what she found a little girl, uh, Karen. Tanya found the girl, Jaleesa, right there, laying quietly in the bed, and the demon was gone. We so worried about other people. We want to sit at the table. I want them to recognize me. I want them to to know what I do because I do the same thing. I get mad. I'm like, man, you know. But then it's like, nope, that's fine. Please overlook me. I'm good with the crumbs. Let them crumbs and watch what God does with crumbs. All right, here we go. Verse 31, Jesus left Tyre and went to Sidon uh, before uh, going back to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the 10 towns. Again, Mark, Jesus is on the move. Verse 32, a deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him and the people begged Jesus to lay hands on the man to heal him. Man, I, you better make sure you have people in your corner who are like these people, who, who will beg Jesus to lay th- his hands on you to heal you. And you need to be that for other people. Man, we need to make sure that you and, and and I believe we have that here at Impact and and that 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 Natalie knows or Rick knows that if he needs prayer, he can call me, he can call Crystal, he can call uh, Karen, he can call, you know, uh, 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 Brian, and they can touch and agree that if Jaleesa needs something, the key, the L'Oreal, yeah, like you've got a community here. And these people were begging Jesus to help somebody else making sure that our prayer lives aren't only consisting of the things that I want, but will I sit there in prayer and pray for Tanya? Will I sit there and pray for Rick and pray for Brian? Will I pray for Mike? Will I pray for Montana or, or, or are my prayers and my begging (laughs) to Jesus all about me and the stuff that I want? Verse 33. Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. All right. So now they're praying for Jesus. Jesus does what? Leads him away from everybody else so that they can be alone. Please do not uh, look over that verse too fast. We, we're probably only going to get to chapter seven today. We only got a few more verses, but I think this is going to be it. He, he did what? Led him. So, so, so watch this. So, so these were well many people. Don't forget uh, last week, it was um, when Jesus got to Jairus' house, he had to get people out of the room. Said, y'all got to go. But it was because they were laughing and didn't believe Jesus could do it. These people believed it, and was, and was believing for this man, and still Jesus led him away from the crowd, even the ones who believed, so that they could be alone. At the end of the day, you have to have your, I, I, Crystal can't get you saved, L'Oreal can't get you saved, you know, your relationship with God is not going to depend on Brian or Mike or Tanya or Natalie. It's got to be you. That, he, th- that Jesus even led him away from people who were supporting him in prayer and wanted Jesus to do it. And Jesus did what with him? Led him away from them. Because at the end of the day, what are you and God like? What terms are y'all? How close are Because you can come to Impact and feel good. You can, you know, uh, cut on the TV and watch any number of, of preachers and, and go to concerts and feel great. But at the end of the day, when that's over, what are you and God doing? So he still led him away from them so that they could be alone, right? He put uh, two fingers into the man's ear and then spitting on his own finger, he touched the man's tongue. Now see. There have been pastors in trouble doing demonstrations like this stuff. And I promise you that if we ever got back into into in person, even though y'all don't want to, which is fine with me, I will never do anything like this. I'm not gonna, you know, y'all know the, the, the stuff I'm talking about. You know, the guy who's spinning his hands and then touch somebody to do a demonstration. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so Jesus so, so I know, see, I'm gonna stop. So, so so uh so yeah. So so he says he put his fingers into the man's ears, then spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue, looking up to heaven he sighed and, and said a word. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it, but it means be opened." Listen to Jesus speak. <laughs> man, be open. Instantly, the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. I love it. Listen, some of us in our prayer, in our prayer tonight, when I pray in the morning, or maybe our, our meditation, whatever you're believing for, believing for I, listen, I don't mind speaking things and and speak and and pray in the word we may need to pray some of us may may need to pray be open things that have been clogged up in your life things that have been held down things that some of us need to start our prayer our prayer tonight instead of going in prayer and complaining about this and complaining about that and god how come because i because sometimes my prayer sessions turn into complaints i'm just complaining like no sometimes the only words i need to say is be open walk around be open be, write that in your Bible. My, mo- my mother will get an index card or a construction paper and she will write a scripture down and will tape it up on her wall in a second. Some of us may do some radical stuff like that and get an index card and write on your dashboard or right inside your Bible or right on your iPad or whatever. Be open. Man, when Jesus speaks. All right, Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. Again, we talked about that. Us telling people, you don't have to know what, you know, Romans 11:2 says. You don't have to know what, you know, 1 Corinthians 2:10 says. Tell somebody what Jesus did for you. I mean, we should learn the word obviously, but my point is tell people what he did for you. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak, woo! <laughs> we recorded today. I tell you what, let's um, yeah, let's go eight. Let's do let's do eight. Let's do eight real quick. Let's do eight. And the reason we do eight is because so we're going to be back on Bible study next Wednesday. We're not going to have church Sunday. It's the holiday weekend, and so um, we won't have church this Sunday. On, on, on Zoom. we'll be back on Zoom this upcoming Wednesday. That got to tell people how different your church is. It's like yeah, we won't have church on holidays. We do not have church on Father's Day. Um, but feel, you know, obviously you can feel free to go to another church or, you know, hear something online or something. All right, here we go. Chapter eight, chapter eight, verse one, about this time, large crowds had gathered and the people ran out of food again. We just saw this, right? Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. Remember we talked about oftentimes Jesus moves with what? Compassion. How often are we moved with compassion, right, to help people? They've been here. That's another thing. It's like, like I don't know. I don't want to get into, it. but you know, you, you spend all this money on church anniversary. How are you not moved by compassion to spend that much money helping people? You know, who are in your congregation who need food and so like that. Anyway, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way. For some have come a long distance. Verse four. His disciples replied. How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked them, how much do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Wrote, Don't forget, this is another thing we talked I got to do this. How he will take small things. It looks insignificant. What are we supposed to do with seven loaves with all these people? It's too small. Perfect. Perfect. Because he does what? Take small things. Somebody look at you like, well, you're, yeah, it works as a small thing. Like, that's right. I am. I'm very small. But watch the big work that God does with it. Very small. Insignificant. You got that right. Scraps. That's all I got. And I'm good with that. Seven loaves. All I got. He said. so he told the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave it to his disciples who distributed the bread among the crowd. A few small fish were found too, so Jesus blessed those, and he told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat, and the disciples crossed over to the region of Dalmethuah, or something like that. All right, here we go. Verse 11. Um, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus arrived, here they go, they came and started to argue with him. When we talked about this, it's, every time I'm doing, I'm doing good, or every time I'm just trying to mind my own business... Where trouble comes, we started verse, we started chapter seven, where they said the Pharisees came to Jerusalem looking for Jesus. Why are they looking for him to start trouble? And then here they go again. The disciples heard Jesus arrive. I mean, the Pharisees heard that Jesus arrived. What they do came to start an argument. You listen, count it. Not strange. If you just wake up in the morning, you go into work and then all of a sudden the foolishness meets you there. Or you're sitting there trying to do something for your family. And all of a sudden the foolishness meets you as soon as you wake up in the morning. It happened to Jesus too. Watch this. And they came to argue, testing him. They demanded that he show them a miraculous sign uh, from heaven to prove his authority. Now, don't forget, wasn't it the enemy that also tempted Jesus in the same way? Well, if you are the son of God, ooh, and here are the religious leaders doing the same exact thing the enemy did to Jesus in the wilderness when he was fasting. Mm-hmm. This Bible study tonight, y'all, this Bible study, uh, uh uh and so because remember yeah he came up to him if you are the son of and he goes through these three things right uh said, uh, you know just jump down from here from here and it, says, it doesn't say the angels will essentially let me see him mirac- show me something show me that you and so they come to him and they say well you know uh show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority so when jesus heard this he sighed deeply in his spirit and said why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign watch this i tell you the truth i will not give this generation any such sign uh, so he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed uh, to the other side of the lake. Here's what's funny, is that they heard all the things he did before. They saw some of this stuff. They Remember, the Pharisees were there with the man with the withered hand. Like, you saw him. A lot of you guys saw him do this. So what do you mean you need a sign? You've seen him do it. All right, verse 14. But the disciples had forgotten to, uh, to bring any food. Uh, they only had one loaf of bread with them in the boat. Here we go. Small things. Small things. We talk about the small. I've got to preach it. I'm going to preach that. The small. Taking what looks to be insignificant, they what? only had one loaf of bread, which was with them in the boat. So just one. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, "Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand uh, even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? Have your ha- have you eyes, can't you see? Have you ears, can't you hear?" He says, "Don't you re- remember anything at all? Now here they are, right? So he says, "What? 19, when I fed the 5000 with uh with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterwards?" 12 they said. "And when I fed and when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets uh, were left over? Seven, they said. Okay. So here he is talking about, guys, you've seen this before. And, 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 look, and sometimes, I see you, mom. Sometimes that's us. Where God has come through before, and then we, we're faced with something else, and then we start to panic. And then we start to panic. He says, don't you understand yet? He asks them and then we move on. Watch this. 22. When they arrived at Bethesda, uh, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged, again, the importance of having these people in your life. They were people who brought the blind blind man, what, to Jesus, and they begged him to touch him and heal him. Jesus took the blind man uh, by the hand and led him where? Out of the village. This is the one where the pastor got in trouble, because he did this to somebody on stage trying to he said, so then spitting on a man's on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and said, can you see anything now? I think we did a teaching on this. The man looked around, not on not on the pastor who got in trouble. But we did a teaching on this actual story. Uh, the man looked around, and said, yes, I see people, but I but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. As a matter of fact, go on the Buzzsprout page page where all the sermons are. And I think it's called touch me again, Lord, or something like that. I need a touch again or touch me again, something like that. Then Jesus placed on his, his hands on the man's eyes again. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm doing a Bible study. I did a whole teaching on it. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go deeper on a Bible study, but we did one on this. And it's really, really good. I think you should go back to listen to it. Um, and, and, uh, and, and so he touched the man's eyes again, and then his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could clearly see everything. This is after not the first touch. But the second one, verse 26, Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea, Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? This is, this is so powerful. Um, and maybe I'll do, a, do, a, I'll do a, a teaching on this one. we'll go a little bit deeper. Um, but again, Jesus on the move. He says, who do people say that I am? He's always asking them. Well, they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say you're one of the prophets. And then he says, OK, cool. That's what they say I am. But who do you say I am? OK, because it doesn't matter what everybody else says. It doesn't matter what they but who do you who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah, But Je- the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Now watch this. Verse 31. Jesus starts to predict his own death. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, leading priests, and teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, he would rise again from the dead. As he talked openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human standpoint, from a human point of view, and not from God's. Man, I'm telling you, when Jesus speaks, says you are seeing, and we, we, we got to ask ourselves, where, what am I seeing this through? You get issues on a job or something. What am I seeing this through? Where, how is God looking at this? Where's, where is God in all of this, right? You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then verse 34, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. In our clutter-free uh, me uh, series a couple of years ago, we 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 dove into this. There's a lot of good stuff on that Buzzsprout page. You should go back, especially this weekend since we're not having church. You should go back and listen to some of <laughs> listen, listen to it. Um, uh, he says, "If you if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world?" Talk to this clutter free me series was so good. What does it profit a man if he what gains the whole world, but then loses his own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? Verse 38. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in glory, uh, in the glory of his father with the holy angels.